you've been following the UEFA Champions League, you'll know that um, it wasn't pretty. Uh, but Liverpool actually won't care. They don't care. Uh, the Reds defending an early goal uh, for 90 minutes, you would imagine. <laughs> Uh, they, hold, they held off uh, a surging Tottenham Hotspur. There were times when you just thought, hmm, something here is going to happen. Opportunities, great goalkeeping, uh, really kept uh, the Reds in firm, firm place as well uh, for their very first Champions League crown since 2005. Let's capture some of the moments uh, before we chat to John Bonds. Big shout for handball, and there's a penalty inside the first minute. Extraordinary drama. 30 seconds played and Liverpool have a penalty and now Mohamed Salah with the opportunity to put Liverpool in front it's Salah who's put Liverpool in front a sensational start a controversial start and it's advantage to the Reds In by Milner. Origi! No arguments now. It's Liverpool's Champions League. Tottenham had no answer. And the expressions on those faces tell you that Liverpool are sure that they're on their way to their sixth European Cup. Origi who did so much to put out Barcelona in the previous round, has now steered Liverpool towards another Champions League success. Well, there it is. It's Liverpool's night. Silverware is the currency of success in football, and Liverpool have just hit the Champions League jackpot. It's number six. It's a brilliant night for the team. A group of players has been so good all season. And with the former captain looking on and celebrating, Liverpool have won the greatest prize in European club football. Jurgen Klopp has taken Liverpool back to the top of the mountain. It's a magical night in Madrid for Liverpool. It's the kind of music somebody like John Barnes would appreciate. It's the kind of music that is uh, very, very sweet uh, when it comes to victory for Liverpool. And the legend himself is on the line. John Barnes, good evening. Welcome to MSW. Thank you very much, Robin. This is something I would appreciate between 2010 and 2016 of being in South Africa, working with you and not seeing Liverpool win. Now, all of a sudden, I'm not there and they've won. Maybe I was a bad luck. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But it was a great night. Makes the two of us. Makes the two of us, John. Um, we were watching from a distance. It was a beautiful scene. Um, you know, the, the celebrations post that have been something, I don't know, miraculous. It's been something uh, awe-inspiring. Let's, let's just talk about the reaction afterwards. I mean, we'll get into the game in just a second. What, what have you made of the post-match celebrations around uh, Spain, firstly, and obviously wherever they've been going, and back to the UK? Well, it's to be expected. I mean, Liverpool fans, um, once again, we saw the game um, previously against Real Madrid where three-quarters of the stadium seem to have been red. Once again, they seem to, I don't know how Liverpool fans seem to get more tickets than everybody else and seem to take over cities, but, you know, that is what they do. You know, they're very passionate. The scenes before the game um, were fantastic. Also, from a Tottenham perspective, because, you know, I was in Madrid and Tottenham are Liverpool's main rivals, so therefore the Tottenham fans and Liverpool fans were mingling together. I don't think that would have been the case had it been Man United or Chelsea. 
Um, so it was, a, it was a great atmosphere. Unfortunately for us, um, we came through. Uh, for, slightly fortuitously, you could argue. I mean, it was a bit of a soft penalty, if you like. So I'm glad that they actually scored a second so that the game wasn't won on a controversial decision. Would you say, though, that the early goal, as, as it all is the case, though, John, does take away something from what you expect to be a spectacle of a game? Because now, all of a sudden, you're in the lead and you want to try and protect it. Well, of course, I think it worked against Liverpool. How much it didn't in the end because we won the game. I want to talk about in terms of the performance. Because Liverpool is a team who drives forward relentlessly. But once they went 1-0 up, it was as if, well, we don't really have to drive forward as relentlessly as we normally would had the game been nil-nil because that's how the way we play. So then Tottenham really took, took control. And not to say that we were just like sitting on a one nil lead for 89 minutes, but even when we started to slow the game down, even after 30 minutes, that is not what Liverpool does. But, you know, when you're a Champions League final, you lost a year before, you're under a little bit of pressure, you know, you, you don't play a normal game. Um, so and the second half, Tottenham really took control and Alisson really came to our, our aid. But I think overall, if you look at what happened in the season in the Champions League beating Barcelona, I, I, that... that Mediocre performance, if you like, because we've been fantastic this year. So there's also shows the resolve that you need. I think in the past, Liverpool could have not played well and not and won the game or not conceded. But even particularly well, because of Van Dijk and the new, newfound belief we have, we, 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 we've managed to get the job done. What about Tottenham Hotspur? Let's focus on them for a second. I looked at the team sheet, and the minute I saw Harry Kane starting, I, I felt for Lucas Moura. I, I just thought that he had done so much um, to earn himself a starting berth. What was your feeling on that? I was happy that Harry Kane was playing. That's from a Liverpool perspective, because I think that when Harry Kane plays, he's a good player, but then they don't, they don't attack as quickly. He holds the ball up, he brings people into play. But you can see, particularly in the second half against Ajax, even if Tottenham aren't playing particularly well, when you have Lucas Moore on the pitch, you can get the ball and dribble past three players and score a goal. That's dangerous, and that's the unpredictability that Tottenham needed. With Kane, they're quite predictable. Um, so uh, I, was, I was pleased, I was surprised. Um, he came on, obviously, after 60-odd minutes, uh, and he looked quite dangerous when he came on. So that, for me, was a bit of a shock, particularly if he scored a hat-trick in the semi-final as well. What did you pick up, though, post the game in terms of maybe accepting that uh, tactically, John, that got it wrong? Well, not necessarily, because we don't know whether Lucas Moura had played. And we've had this conversation many times, um, obviously, uh, over the Champions League for the last six years. We don't know what would have happened had, had Lucas Moura played. Liverpool may have, may have played better and would have won 3 0. And maybe because Harry Kane does hold the ball up well and bring people into play. As he was in the second half, he was holding the ball up, bringing Son, bringing Deli Ali, even bringing Lucas Moura into play. So therefore, they. I'll say, had Harry Kane not played and, and, and Lucas played, it, 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 it would have been different. Um, I mean, Deli Alli seems to be a little bit out of it, as he has been. So maybe if, if he had played instead of Deli Alli, maybe that would have been an issue. But I think it's too simplistic to say that he, he tactically got it wrong. Because also, you have to look at the chances Tottenham created. So forget about tactics. Alisson had to make three or four very, very good saves, and Tottenham could have scored three or four goals. So you could argue... Take the goals out of the game and look at the performance. And Tottenham played better than us. They created more chances than us. They just didn't put the ball away. So I don't think it was a tactical error, necessarily. Mo Salah, we saw him obviously injured when they played against Real Madrid. Um, he seemed to be in all sorts of pain. It was a sad sight to see. And, and not too many people thought that he would make it back in time for the final. Good to see him get the goal. But a handball, John, is something that is always going to be seen as contentious. Was this a contentious one? It is a contentious one. However, this is the issue that we've had with, with, with VAR and my argument for VAR. 
Now, when you have VAR, it's not to say that the referee will then give the decision that we all agree with. But what you know, he'll see a decision and he will have a chance to analyze it again to make his own mind up that he's 100% sure in his own mind, although we may not agree with him. So VAR isn't going to clear everything up because we may still, and particularly as you know, the way that the game's refereed in Europe and in England is different. So the one against Paris and Germain, for example, Manchester United, VAR in England, I don't think that that would have been given, but it was in Europe. So VAR isn't necessarily going to clear it up. What's coming in next year, which for me will clear it up, but I'm not a big fan of it, I don't necessarily agree with it, is that it's going to say handball is handball. It's not a question of whether it's down by your side or whether it's up. It is handball, and therefore no one can argue. So even if your hands are by your side or even behind your back, if it hits you on the hand, it's handball. So it's a penalty and no one can argue. No, I don't agree with that because I think that, you know, the discretion, it should be at the referee's discretion. But once that discretion was taken away by the referee or taken away from the referee years ago, then I think that it opened up a can of worms and now they're going to go back to them saying, right, handball is handball. What they actually should do as well is go back to offside is offside. None of this interfering with play, third phase, second phase, because that still causes controversy in arguments. So, um, unfortunately, next year, you're going to get many more debatable decisions because when your hands by your side and the teacher on the hand and the penalty is given, we could argue that, well, where are our hands supposed to be? But once the law then says handball is handball, we haven't got an argument. Yeah. Just finally, though, in terms of VAR, John, are you pro against? Wait, I am pro VAR. What happens is that we'll get more decisions right than wrong. In fact, we will get all the decisions right in terms of the referee making the decision, even if we don't agree with it. But you know that he's seen it again, he's seen it again, and he's still in his own mind, has made his mind up. The problem we have with our VAR is we assume that, well, if the referee was to see it again, he may change his mind. That's what we think. But at least now if we know that, yes, he may change his mind to let him look at VAR, he looks at VAR, he doesn't change his mind, at least we know then that the referee, we may not agree with him, but at least he has had the opportunity to see it again to come up with maybe the same decision. Jurgen Klopp, what do we make of this uh, gentleman here who's, who managed to navigate Liverpool through to just one defeat in the league, put them through to a Champions League final, has managed to sing at a press conference, you know, let's talk about six, baby. And, uh, <laughs> he, you know, he just has turned around this team. Look, Jurgen Klopp would have been the same had we lost. Because the thing about it is, all of a sudden now we're talking about what a great manager Jurgen Klopp is because we won that one game. Had we lost that game, we still would have had the exact same season apart from one game and we would have said, oh, isn't it terrible because he failed again. What he has done is he brought the consistency to Liverpool week in week. Had, regardless of whether we won the Champions League or not. So I understand, yes, you have to win a you know, nice to win trophies. But in terms of the consistency he's brought to Liverpool, whereby every week we've lost one game all season. And had we lost in the Champions League final, it would have been two games all season. And that still wouldn't have been bad. So I'm pleased that at least finally now people can stop feeling that, yes, he's a fantastic, successful manager now because we won the Champions League. But had we lost the Champions League, they would have said he's a failure, which is wrong because he's been a great manager in terms of giving consistency to a football club, which means next season coming towards the end of the season, we'll be in the chance of once again winning the league, winning the Champions League, and that's all you can ask. How did John Bond celebrate? As I usually celebrate, you know, when I get up and I shake my fist for about 20 seconds and I calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's improved though, John. Hey, this is a big thing no, 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 for no. Liverpool. Because, well, listen, I see, people, I see people celebrating for 20 days and for hours after, but, you know, we celebrate and then after the euphoria dies down, it's forgotten about. You get back to your normal life, don't you? But inside I'm happy. But um, I, people have said to me they've been celebrating for three days. I celebrated wildly for two minutes and at the end of the game for another two minutes and after that I had a nice quiet night. 
Oh, wow. But, John Pons, hey? Thank you so much, as always, John. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Pleasure, as always, Rob. Okay, Thank you so man. much, Take care. Liverpool legend joining us uh, on the line, talking all things to do with the uh, UEFA Champions League. Absolutely uh, love the conversation that we uh, had with John. And, you know, the one thing about that final, and obviously do share it with us on our WhatsApp uh, uh, voice note number 605 uh, I'm saying it very quickly today because it is uh, Reaction Monday. There's so much we need to get into. There's so much you're going to need to react on uh, when we do open up the lines. And the very first ever Champions League final without a single card that was shown and of course the singing was massive you know if you're a Reds fan Liverpool they're a football club steeped in history of spine tingling glory and at times truly heartbreaking tragedy but when you are part of Liverpool Football Club you'll never walk alone Worldwide. John Bonds. The league is always the most important thing. The league shows you who the best team is. The best team doesn't have to win the Champions League. You can be fortunate to win the Champions League. You don't have to be the best team. You can be fortunate in a one-off. And in terms of the teams you play against, in the draw, you can be lucky. Whereas to win the league, it shows you who the best team is. My dream is for Liverpool to get back to where they belong, to being one of the top teams in the world, one of the top teams in England. Remember, Rafa Benitez has won the Champions League in 2005, and he may have finished 25 points off the top. That wasn't a particularly good team. That's had to be a fortunate team, especially the way they won it in the final. And what have they done since then? 
Whereas you know if you win the league, you know that week in, week out, year in, year out, you're challenging. Which means that you may not win the Champions League the following year or even the league, but every week you're challenging winning matches to be the best. The world may think it's Messi versus Ronaldo, but we know in, in Africa it is Barnes versus Marawa. Because you know Barnes is Messi and Marawa is Ronaldo. Hashtag MSW.